City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. So the ESPN Top 100 came out today. And notably, there was only one Hornets player to make the list. LaMelo Ball coming in at 41. And Tim, 41 does not sound that bad when you hear it. It's like, oh, that sounds about right. But when you actually look at the list of players ahead of him, it becomes a little confusing and you start to think he might've been snubbed. Uh, So the ESPN report has 200 reporters, editors, producers, and analysts that are asked to rank their players based on their predicted contributions for the 2022, 2023 season. So it's not a ranking of like how they did last year. It's a projection of how they're going to do this year. And I had an issue with a lot of the names released ahead of LaMelo Ball. And we can take it one by one, Tim. What what do you think of, of LaMelo's placing it at 41? So 41 sounds pretty good. I'm assuming Giannis will be there at 40? Yes. Yeah, and then Steph Curry at 39, <laughs> and then we move on from there. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, Zion Williamson at 40. Which I actually, you know, I think Zion should be ahead of Lamelo at this point, just because he had one year where he sat out. I think forty is pretty low for Zion. I don't particularly have an issue with that. But then the next names on the list: Scotty Barnes at thirty nine, Fred Van Vliet thirty eight. Those two Raptors players, I'm skeptical of either of them being better than Lamelo next season. Um, I don't think either of them will be better than him next season. I don't think either of them were better than him last season either. Yeah, I think Scotty is one of those guys where people look at him and it's like, oh, he's a small forward. He can guard one through five. But it's like, yeah, we haven't really seen it yet. And in year two, it's very rare if a small forward makes that leap. And Fred Van Vliet, you know, last year he might have been better. He's an advanced stats darling. And also people always look at him as like, he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. I honestly think that just happened because Zach Lowe made a comment one time three years ago on a podcast and everyone's been like, okay, yeah, he's definitely that good. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's 5'10". And it's kind of hard. 
yeah, it's like, Mark, I've seen you on the court. You hustle a lot, but I wouldn't be like, well, man, he really just gives Chris Paul a hard time. That Mark Bernacki, man, he hustles. <laughs> That's good, dude. Yeah, also, like, when we take into account Pascal Siakam's ranking on this list at 30th, bro, if the Raptors had three players in the top 40, they wouldn't be, you know, the seven or six seed every year. Like, <laughs> like what, are, what are we doing? Uh, these players are not are not as good as the advanced stats make them out to be um you know scotty barnes and fred van fleet good players um and scotty barnes obviously in particular could be a very good player but fred van fleet ahead of Lamelo just kind of kind of rubs me the wrong way uh tim we talked about this a little bit beforehand clay thompson i kind of agree with him being ahead of Lamelo, just giving him the respect of past accomplishments and you know warriors defending champions it seems like you you kind of have an issue with Clay ahead of Lamella. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh yeah, I mean Clay, I'm like a outside of the uh Hornets, I'm a huge Warriors fan. Right. I love the culture. Like I think Clay's super cool. Like the fact they were down to one of the finals and he was like, I'm not worked. He's like, We've been here before, we're gonna figure this out. And then they swept it clean. That's cool, but it's not 2015 anymore. Mm. I can't be like, well, James Worthy. He should be top 30. That was like 30 years ago. It's like, I mean, that you know, the past is the past. Like, at this point, Clay Thompson is maybe the fourth best player on his team. Ooh, yeah. So that's a reasonable take to have. I I mean, I'm not even going to push back that much. I just kind of like, I saw Clay ahead of him. I was like, all right, you guys can do what you want. Like, you can vote. You can vote on Clay ahead yeah, of him. It's uh, reasonable. Yeah, it's it's reasonable. And I think, you know, he could have a much better season next season than than this past year, considering he was just fresh off the injury. Um, he did not perform necessarily to his expectations last season for sure. Now we get into a list, Tim, of I think just like five straight players that I would have that would have Lamella ahead of them. Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Marcus Smart, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah, I think Lamella Ball is going to be better than all five of those players next season. It's gonna be his show to run. I mean, it's gonna be his team to you know, to handle it's the keys are going to be in Lamelle's court, if you will. Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, you know, nice, nice rookie years. Neither of them were better than Lamelle last year, and well, I don't expect them to get better than Lamelle this year. Lamelle is also younger than Evan Mobley. We we googled that earlier. Uh, Evan Mobley is twenty one, two months uh, older than Lamelle Ball. So, um, yeah, yeah, very very interesting rankings here from ESPN on those five players. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, maybe. Oh, well, I'm assuming Cade Cunningham must be like two years younger than LaMelo, right? <laughs> oh, what? They're the same age. Oh, wow. That is so ridiculous. I think this comes down to anchoring. It's a uh, term in psychology where like, you know, you, you anchor into a certain spot and then that, you know, you assume your biases based on you know what's previously been anchored and uh i think that Cade cunningham coming out of college was just viewed as like a great shooter like the next james harden someone who like had great size great passing great shooting oh he can do it all but in reality he's the same age as Lamelo. he's shorter than Lamelo. he's a worse shooter than he is as well and a worse passer so I just don't see the projection coming along there. And it's not as though he's like some lockdown defender. And if we're to go further down the list, Marcus Smart, 
Yeah, he won Defensive Player of the Year. Guess what? It wasn't true. He got locked down like, you know, regardless of what people want to say, he was maybe the 25th best defender in the league last year. Yeah, and to, to piggyback on the Cade thing, I, I do think it's exactly what you're saying where people just hear this name Cade Cunningham, and it's been associated with, like, a top prospect, a top college player, a top pick in the draft, and he did pretty well in his rookie year, right? But what you just said is just true. LaMelo is a better shooter, a better passer, taller, and they're the same age. Like, what what is Cade better at? in basketball than LaMelo ball. Uh, just, just tell me, uh, Cade, you know, Cade supporters. Um, and Tim, you, you were, you know, we were both like kind of, kind of a little bit blinded by the hype with Cade coming in at number one last season. You said Cade would be better than LaMelo, but you've, you've turned the page. Like we saw a full season where LaMelo in his second year was so much better than Cade Cunningham that you've, you've switched on that. Oh, I, I was above that. Like, I was really high on Kate. I was yep. like, man, he's going to be awesome. I was like, he is 6'8". Like, all oh, this is so good. Yeah, they lied about the height. Like, so that was a big thing. And then, you know, watching the Pistons play the Hornets, I got him confused with Killian Hayes. <laughs> like, I mean, he is one of the slowest ball handlers. Like, they always talk about, like, Luca. he plays with pace. James Harden, he plays with pace. And it's like, Kate plays with pace out of necessity. He doesn't have a first step. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really the young players that we're getting mad about. I mean, I also have some gripes with like Kyrie being ahead of LaMelo considering just how his past five years of his career have gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, just... Ky- Kyrie, it, it, I like Kyrie. He's like one of the, he's the best guy to watch on YouTube. If you want to get like your nephew into the NBA, Show him Kyrie highlights. Yes, Kyrie. He's been, yeah, like, I mean, he's been coasting off. Did you know that he hit the almost the game winner in game seven of the finals? It's like, good. I was in high school when that happened. <laughs> like, since then, he has just ruined this Boston team that almost made the finals or made the finals this year, could have made the finals this entire time there. I don't understand it. He misses, like, he plays 45 games a year. Yeah. I think I think I finally finally kind of turned the page on that also. Um I think last year when we were recording the podcast, he had the nice game one against the Celtics. And I was like, oh man, Kyrie might still be better than Trey Young. I'll abandon that take up here officially, Tim. Uh Kyrie's not better than Trey Young anymore. Um, and I've I've kind of given up on I mean, I mean Kyrie Irving's health. And then also just his inability to step up like in these big moments over and over again in the playoffs. Um, His, yeah, it's kind of tarnished his reputation in my eyes. So, I mean, who would I rather have Kyrie Irving playing 45 games or LaMelo Ball, like, you know, fingers crossed playing almost the full season. I'll take take LaMelo Ball. Well, wait, what if uh, their partner is prime LeBron James? What's the point you're trying to go for here <laughs> that's the only time Kyrie has looked like a top 40 players when he has the best player of all time in his prime right next to him right by the same I mean the same thing we were talking about earlier like if the Raptors really had three top 40 players they would wouldn't be the six or seven seed if Kyrie Irving was really the 33rd best player the Nets wouldn't have been the eight seed or whatever the hell they were the seven seed well the yeah. raptors the raptors also have the best coach in the world nick nurse 
yeah. on their side as well. I mean, it's just, you know, we're not trying to sound like Hornet homers, but at a certain point, it's just like, what am I missing here? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention the, the whole point guards make a significant third-year leap. You've hinted on this earlier, Tim, but it's just like basketball nerd group think. We see it every year with the MVP race when one writer writes a good blog about how Jokic is the MVP or how DeMar DeRozan is going to be the MVP. All of a sudden, everyone agrees. Like, everyone just steals other people's takes. And right now, every single writer is just like, oh, the Hornets are going to suck. LaMelo hasn't really proven it. But if you just look at the stats and you actually watch the Hornets, like, LaMelo was super good last year. He made a big leap. Like, I don't understand what there's... There is to criticize having watched all, well, all 82 games. Well, LaMelo was bad in one play-in game, dude. Yeah. You're not here? If if LaMelo and Cade Cunningham switch names and reputations, it wouldn't even be a conversation. Yeah, yeah. You made that point earlier. I don't know if you're saving it for later, Tim, but you should just make it now. Like, if his name was Lance Dunleavy or whatever, he would be, he would be way higher on the list. That's what you told me. It's a good take. Yeah, I mean, it just, it bothers me a little bit because, like, I never want, like, when we started this podcast, I said, I will never give the Hornets the benefit of the doubt. I was disgusted by the whole thing, but now I've just turned into, like, why? Like, LaMelo was so hyped coming out of Australia. Right. And now, like, you would just think, like, he's, like, the laziest, worst defensive player in the league, can't pass, only shoots, and you'd have no idea. He shot like 40% from three last year. And, I'm just... And yeah, the passing's still there. I mean, like, like he's overperformed expectations by such a large margin, and somehow he's less hyped right now than he was coming into the draft. It makes no yeah. sense. But people are like, well, look out for Michael Porter Jr. Sure, <laughs> he has a broken back and his hips don't work, but, man, he's 6'10". It's like, well, LaMelo's like 6'7". I've just, you know, I've just... I'm gone. I, I like it, dude. I, I The overall theme of this season is that the Hornets are being slept on. I've heard Bill Simmons thought we were going to be the worst team in the East. We're not going to be the worst team in the East. Lamelo Lamelo is by himself a floor raiser. We are not going to be the 15th team in the East. Like, and it's just like we don't have like a fun storyline to follow because we had such a obviously tragic offseason. But I mean, I'm down with it. Like, I think we'll be... I think we'll be the 10 seed, 11 seed uh, this next season. I like being the underdog a, a little bit. Past two years, we were maybe overhyped. This year, we are significantly underhyped, so I kind of like that. I like that a little bit, too. Every morning, I wake up, you know, I take my dogs out, I take a shower, I brush my teeth, and I check the rankings. <laughs> and I'm like, man, can the Hornets fall to, like, you know, can we get a top five pick? No, we cannot. <laughs> we have one of the best 25 players in the league. Damn. And it's like, I don't care if Plumlee is there. It's like, man, we are just stuck here. We're going to be better than the Wizards. Like, yeah, we're going to be better than Knicks. It's like, uh, I guess we're going to get the 11th pick again. Yep. Yep. I mean, we could not be better than those teams, but I just don't see it. Like, what, the Magic are now all of a sudden going to light the league on fire? Like, you know you know what I mean? It's just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. I'm ready for this season to start, dude. I'm ready for Lamelo. He, he has it all lined up for him to just, like, drop 25 a game and just ball out. And for all the rest of the NBA, you know, for the nerds to be like, oh, wow, we really didn't see this coming. And it's like, yep, that's <laughs> – <y'all laughs> And I'm, I'm doing it a little bit where, like, 
I wake up early for work. So like I'll text Mark at like 530 in the morning. Like, <laughs> dude, have you seen our odds? And Mark texts him back at like 12. He's like, dude, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you know, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, Briefly here, Terry Rozier, you know, also on the same theme, also snubbed of a top 100 bid. I have four names written down. There are like two that significantly bothered me. Bogdan Bogdanovich, not better than Terry Rozier. Seth Curry, also not better than Terry Rozier. That one's a little close. Tim, I can see you wincing. I thought about that one a little bit because Seth Curry is such a good shooter, but it's on less volume uh, than Terry Rozier. And Terry Rozier averages more points and is better on defense. Keegan Murray never played a minute in the NBA and is apparently going to be better than Terry Rozier next season. And then Karis LeVert uh was better than terry rogier like you said tim like four years ago now is not literally just a scorer who scored less points per game than terry and shot less efficiently so um i had a problem with all four of those names i had to terry as well as some others but those are like positionally similar i thought uh yeah like i could see like a chance where like there's a 20 percent chance like not a non-existent chance that keegan murray is better but he plays for the Kings. Yeah. He's like, the like he might lose minutes to Harrison Barnes. Like <laughs> I'm not even like, and we, we joke on this podcast of like, we have to make up segments for a reason to talk about Terry. So like, yeah, he's, he's a little forgettable, but uh, yeah, he averages 20 points a game on 40% shooting on like tough shots. Right. Seth Curry. That's very cool. He plays with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like, you know, it's not it's not as though LaMelo, like Gordon Hayward, they're getting him these open shots. I think it's a little ludicrous. And now I don't want to sound like the small town guy who's pointing out big city bias. But I do think it's a little absurd. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, I mean, we should say that, like, we try to keep it real. I think I just think that the overall like NBA sentiment right now is just so low on the like, would It's crazy. Would the, with the Nets, is there any world if we offered Terry Rozier straight up for Seth Curry that the Nets would think about it? No, they would not think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, yeah, Keegan Murray, dude, has not played a single minute. Uh, that bothers me. It's like Terry Rozier's put up basically, okay, if we average out the past three seasons, like 19 and a half per game over the past three years, and he's been shooting the three ball very well, um, consistent consistently high in minutes like one of the team leaders i don't see any drop off for him coming also you brought it up earlier like if he were you know the third best player on a team if you're the third best player on the bucks dude he would be he would be number 40 if you were on the bucks yeah people would be like well man you really don't understand how good terry rosier is right like man the three pick and rolls a game he runs Man, they have 1.7 points per possession. <laughs> yeah, people the the people would be making a lot of arguments like that. You know what this is, Tim? It's that people don't watch the Hornets. The none of these 200 200 people who voted on this watched enough Hornets basketball, and we're just gonna have to live with that um, until we give them a reason to watch more. more Hornets, Hornets there, could could we do a ranking right now? Like. Okay, I'll text 50 of my friends. You text 50 of your friends. Like, we're going to make an actual list here. It'll be definitive. Like, 
of the 200, how often do these people watch basketball? Right, right, yeah. Not, I mean, especially the Hornets games. You can see, you can see in the media bias. We we've, we've heard, you know, Bill Simmons just kind of trash the Hornets and say they're going to be a bottom team. We've heard other other writers say Lamelo's not going to be good. And Tim, this is not even including Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards not on the list yet because he's in the top twenty five. If he's in the top ten, I will lose my mind. I think. I got bad news for you, man. <laughs> the glorified Bradley Beal is making the top 10. Do you, do you think he's actually going to make the top 10? I don't think. No, I, I hope not. I'm trying to think of someone else, like a, another professional athlete that's been in like an Adam Sandler movie. I'm trying to think like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man, he really should have been top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for the season to start for us to us to finally have some ammo or some more ammo to back these claims. I, I think Lamelo is going to come in and, and, and ball out to start the season. Not to mention Terry's going to do his thing and prove that he should be a top 100 player, but I don't know what else Terry has to prove really. Nope. Should we, uh, should we get on the stake perch? News news first. The NFL's opening week was action packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. Recently, uh, us at Hornets and Heartbreak have not been releasing episodes too frequently, but I've still been listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network. And what have I been using to listen to it? The Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips and perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally am a big fan of the earbud tap functions where you can just tap once to pause or play, tap twice to skip or to go to the next song, and three times to raise the audio volume. Also, their noise isolation is excellent if you're ever in a noisy area you will not hear that noise when you're listening with Raycon earbuds. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. So uh, Miles Bridges' preliminary court hearing was rescheduled for a third time to September 29th. At this point, Miles is presumably not playing basketball this season. Media day is September 26th, so we can expect to get some clarity on the situation then. I'd imagine people will be asking about that. That's, I mean, the only thing to ask about, really, um, for this upcoming season. So 
I'd, ima- I'd imagine they'll have a statement that's more clear than we're monitoring the situation, you know, by then. All right, good to hear. Uh, Montrez Harrell getting paid the veterans minimum to play with the Philadelphia 76ers next season. Uh, Trez and Charlotte, if you read the, you know, between the tea leaves, it did not go great in terms of like relationships. If you check out Trez's Twitter over the time he was in Charlotte, it was very cryptic. And I just think that he was unhappy with his minutes and sort of just unhappy with his role. It started out really well, but we called that when we signed him last or when we traded for him last season, like we're probably not going to get, get him back for the next yeah. season. We had too many centers anyways. Yeah, it was, it was a rental. Uh, did you see the, uh, the video of uh, when he was pulled over? No, I actually have not seen that yet. Oh yeah. There was a, so when he got pulled over um, the police officers, they were asking him like random questions about the NBA. And they were like, oh, you, yeah, no, I'm being, I'm being totally serious. Um, and they were just like, you know, quizzing him on certain things. And they were like, oh, man, what is LaMelo like? And he was just like, man, LaMelo's a great guy. He's like, he's a kid, but he's working on things. Like, but yeah, I mean, just a stand-up guy. So it seemed like he didn't have that big of a problem with Charlotte. Uh, one thing they did ask, they were like, so who has the worst practice facility in the league? And he was like, Philly. <laughs> like no question but this was this was like months ago like this yeah. is like when he initially got the charge but yeah he was he was very nice it was almost like a it's not like a joe rogan interview because he was on the side <laughs> of the street but um yeah, it's like montrez wow. harrell very charming nice nice uh isaiah thomas says he has worked out for no teams tim a little bit surprising because uh we thought maybe the hornets would bring him back for uh, backup point guard roles. Um, but currently, you know, not doing much in, in the terms of that. So he, he specifically said he did not work out for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, when that was reported, but also said he's worked out for no teams. Come back to the Hornets. 15th man. So? You think so? I mean, why not at this point? I mean, he might think James Rago is still there. Maybe he hasn't been paying attention. No, I, I mean, I'd like to have him back, I think. Actually. I I would too. I think that he'd be very ample. I I am rooting for Kemba Walker to come back. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm. Fair. I'll I'll plant my flag on that ship. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't think it'll be good, but I think it'll be enjoyable. SS Kemba, count me in. <laughs> All right, Tim. It's your time to shine. We got we got Tim's terrible take purge. All right, yeah. So this uh comes from the movie that I don't think anyone's ever actually seen, but I think we all know the rules. Okay, so it's like the purge, you know, like the Ethan Hawk classic. Um, so for the next like 20 minutes, I'm able to get off any take I want, and uh Mark can't hold it against me. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna push back like a little bit, or I'm gonna agree with you, but I will <laughs> I will immediately forget it. Yeah, after, I after just, 9 yeah. p.m. tonight. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So, like, once the pot is over, you can't be like in January. Like, did you remember when you said this? So, yeah, this is just off the belt. All right. So, uh, number one, after the season, Lamelo will be considered the best Hornet of all time. I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so we're getting we're easing in here. Um. I also have a so that's about the last oh actually the uh last of the hornets would be 
if Terry Rozier played in 1995, there would be a book written about him. Like they would talk about him like Mitch Richmond. They'd be like, man, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Wait, wait, but explain he's... it though. Like, because of what factors? Um, because the fact that I think he's a great shooting guard. But I mean, over the last 10 years, who's the best shooting guard? It's like James Harden, but he's pretty much a point guard. Uh Clay Thompson is like a classic shooting guard. I just think that if uh you know he was on the early, like, you know, dub teams with the Don Nelsons in the early 90s, I think people would just wax poetic about Terry Rozier. Like, man, he was the best shooting guard. Man, he could, like, shoot the lights out. Man, he'd get you 40 any night. They would just romanticize what he actually did. I think he's just in a bad time period for his skill set. Yeah, at some point we should figure out exactly what he is in the shooting guard rankings. Like, I don't think he's outside. He's definitely not outside the top 10 in the NBA right now. Because shooting, guard, yeah. shooting guards are just bad. Like, like you start you start listing them. And it gets pretty rough pretty quick. Yeah, whereas, like, Mitch Richmond made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, yeah, so, I mean, he's he's in there. All right, so this is when we start to get a, a little outside of the Hornets. Um, Luka Doncic will never be the best player on a championship team. All right. Tim, Tim told me this one in the car earlier, which made me nervous about this, this segment. Because uh, I was like, that's a wild take. That is a wild take, Tim. Um, Luca is maybe the third, fourth best player in the NBA right now. He's go- he's gonna win a chip. They made it to the conference I... finals last year. Look at their team, dude. He was doing it by himself. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna win a chip, and he's gonna obviously be the best he's... on that team. He's not. You could have said the same thing about Chris Paul in like 2009. No, he beat the biggest fraudulent team of all time with this Suns team who was led by Devin Booker. And Chris Paul, bro, the Suns team was nice. They made it to the finals the year before. Luke, and what Luke did they do in the finals? Winning a championship. Explain, like, where did you, how did you get to this point, Tim? What happened to you? That, okay, that so you where, where I got to this point is, when is the last time such a ball-dominant, he's a guard. Like, there have been, like, ball-dominant, like, 6'8 players that also were, like, the best defenders on the court, a la, like, LeBron James in the uh, Heat 2 Pete. But I, I can't remember the last time, like, a guard like this was the best player on a championship team, unless you think that Christian Wood is going to turn into Pau Gasol. Okay. I mean, it's pretty much Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but he's, he's what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? So he's not a guard. He's not a guard in terms of, I mean, his size. Like, what well, are you going to call LeBron James a guard? Um, if he could guard Derrick Rose in the Eastern Conference Finals, it depends on who you guard. I mean, who is Luka like, you know? So LeBron was exerting that energy, and I, I don't want to compare anyone to, like, what LeBron had to handle, but, like, you get to the best teams, like, we're always just going to have the same excuse we had for James Harden of, like, Man, I mean, he put up 55 points against the Raptors in January. He was really tired. We treat these guards like they're kindergartners, like they need nap time once it's like mid-May. Okay, that's fair, but if the Warriors didn't exist last year, wouldn't wouldn't the Mavericks have won the finals? If the Warriors didn't exist, then the Grizzlies would have wiped them off the court. If the Warriors didn't exist, James Harden would be a top 10 player of all time. But yeah. they're not. And after that, 
Dude, he's you so know, young. Man. This is I, I don't know, man. You really think he's not gonna get to twenty eight and win a chip? Um, unless he's playing with Giannis or Victor Wimadiana? No. I don't think he's I think he's fine. I think he's like the he's seventh fine. best player in the league. Yeah, I mean, like fine is like, you know, obviously like an understatement, but he's he's fine. It's like, oh man, did you know that they had the best offensive rating of all time last season? Right. I don't care. I like He's to think, like I, like, I see your take. Like, I see what you're going for here. I just think that saying he's never going to do it, it's premature. James Harden had, like, seven years in the league before he reached that point of, like, uh, you know, MVP putting up stats, but, like, then failing in the playoffs. Luka's doing it now, like, fourth year in the league. What has he done? He got he got wiped uh, off the place of the on. earth. And the West goes, you know who else did that? Like their seventh year, Damian Lillard. No one's ever like, man, you got to check that guy out. But it, but uh, you keep on saying it, Damian Lillard, seventh year, James Harden, whatever year, Luke is doing that now. His James Harden is like, like his six. So what what is he gonna do? Is he gonna learn how to play defense? Is he gonna play off ball? He's gonna get in shape. I think is what he's gonna do. I buy into every it. year. Like I say that on New Year's Eve. I'm like, man, I'm gonna run a half marathon this year. <laughs> and guess what? I run a I run a 5k and my knee blows out. And I'm not like, damn, dude, if, if only I had a better point guard, if only I had a center that could cover for me. I'm not saying it will never happen. He'll never be the number one player on a team. On a championship that went yeah, yes, yeah. on a championship team. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's fine. I mean, which that isn't a bad thing. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, you're too. I mean. It's gonna be hard not to hold this against you. <laughs> I guess I won't bring it up ever again. But uh that's good. Because but by, by the time it happens, by your logic, we'll be in like season 13 of this. Okay. So you right. you'll have forgotten about it. Okay, right, take, just... take purge. Luca Dodgers is winning a chip in the next three years. All right, continue. Okay. <laughs> uh Joel Embiid is not currently a top 10 player in the NBA. And I don't think he was last year. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Keep going. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I was expecting more pushback on that one. Um, <laughs> here's another thing. Um, the NBA was better before analytics took over. This is like my my old man corner. Um, I'm going to say that the game was just, it looked better. It was prettier. It's a tough sell now to just like, I explained to my dad, my dad watches like four games a year. And like one of them was on like Christmas. And he watches Duncan Robinson just light up a team. And he's like, my God, that guy is fantastic. Like, you know, what what is his deal like? Is he like, you know, six man? I was like, no, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's like the fifth, he's the fifth best player on the like team. I miss the days of Aaron Aflalo lighting it up from the mid-range. And I know I'm wrong. I understand the statistics. I want someone like Joel Prisbilla. To get up a couple hook shots a game. I miss the Enos Cantor like coming out there. Like, I know it's statistically better, mathematically in favor of it. We got to get rid of the three. Maybe we make the two point a three point and the three point a four point. So we shrink the math a little bit. I'm it's, tired of it, man. It, but that's why sad. you think Joel Embiid is not, because all he does is score. No, score. no, Joel Embiid just sucks. Oh, he's just, oh, you just went a, on a well, random tangent there then. Well, no, no, this is it. Like, I, I think, like, Brooke Lopez is the poster child of this. 
Mm. Where when he was in Brooklyn, they were on losing teams and everyone was like, oh, Brooke Lopez, yeah, he gets 20 points, six rebounds, it's fine. And then he got on the Bucks, and they were like, oh, man, Brooke Lopez, he's shooting all these threes. It looks so good. Yeah. So he's more efficient shooting like 31% from three than he was like 57% from two. I understand the math, but I think the math is dumb. Okay. It's an irrational take, but no, I disagree I like with it. it. Oh, just to clarify, those were two separate takes. I didn't get that at the beginning. The Joel oh, Embiid yeah. thing. I thought you were like explaining the Joel Embiid thing. But to clarify for the listeners, those were two separate takes. Um, yeah, I like it. It's hard. It's honestly, it's like hard to remember pre, you know. I remember the Al Jefferson days. Al Jefferson's one of my favorite basketball players of all time, just for literally like two seasons in Charlotte where he was sick. Um, and really just one and a half. But I I just remember those like him posting up and it just felt so unstoppable. But even at that time, there was like an advanced analytics argument against him. I just think I just like was like a homer uh, and yeah, was, I, was ignoring it. But I, I loved Al Jefferson. It was so, it was fun to watch, man. Like people scoring in the post is sick. And I think it's kind of cool. That's why actually, even though I just, you know, rallied against the Suns, I actually love watching the Suns. They just take they take a bunch of mid-range shots. Like Devin Booker just cooks in the post. Chris Paul takes a mismatch and then shoots an 18-footer. Like I kind of think I don't blame Stan Ben Gundy and those magic teams for that, but I kind of resent them a little bit. I just wish that uh same thing with baseball, where everyone's like, okay, don't steal, you know, like only get in the strike zone. Like, man, just we lost some of the soul. And I think it's fair to say. That basketball looked aesthetically a little better 10 years ago, even though guys now are making tougher shots. Mm. Yeah, I do, I think it's fair to say. We we miss someone like a Mitch Richmond or like Latrell Sprewell or even like, you know, Kobe. Kobe was the king of like the foot on the line three. And now now the game has lost a little bit of personality. Yep, I agree with you. Too many, I mean, it's too many threes. The top three coaches in the league matter, and the bottom three coaches, that makes an impact as well. Everything in between doesn't really matter. <laughs> I like this take, too. I'm sorry I'm not pushing back enough, but that's that's a great take. Uh, I mean, like, if you're, a, if you're a terrible coach, then it's very obvious, and you're fired, right? And, like, there's so much pushback that it's – I think it's probably even true, like, in the NFL as well. But like that middle middle of the pack, it's like, what's the big difference between James Borrego and Steve Clifford? <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Like it's like I I don't I don't really know. I mean, obviously they have different philosophies, and like you need to change up every once in a while for for the team, you know, to to believe in the coach and for uh, culture to be reestablished. But I I'd like that take, Tim. The the best three. Who would you have in that in that upper echelon then? Um, you do like you know. I think Greg Popovich just earns his spot. Yes, just you know at seniority. Uh, Nick Nurse. Yeah, Nick Nurse Spolstra, and then it's like you get to the bottom. It's like Jim Boylan. Like you know it when you see it. Like the Supreme Court case. It's like you know when you see it. It's like man, that's a really bad coach. But otherwise, like you can't really tell me that Terry Stotts is that much different from Dwayne Casey. I like it. Yeah, good take. Good take. I mean, there are some slight differences. 
depending on the team, I think. But yeah, I agree with you in general. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely like you know, there's nuance with all that. All right, we got some homework for next week. Everybody has to watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall, all time classic movie, perhaps my favorite movie of all time. It's up, it's up there in my top five. Uh, not gonna say why, Tim, but the movie will be heavily <laughs> involved in our episode next week. It'll be, it'll be. Uh, you, you'll want to have watched it. If you haven't watched it, maybe next week's episode will not be as entertaining. I think that's very fair. Anything else for us, Mark? Yeah, shout out to all the Winnow supporters, Xavier Harvin, TC Cunningham, Brandon Garcia, Austin Johnson, and Isaac Black. You can subscribe to our Winnow to get texts about the team and updates in general on the Hornets. All right, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And uh, please rate, review, share, subscribe, do all things, and... Uh, I doubt anyone has listened this far into the podcast, but uh, if you are, music recommendation, Sonny (laughs) Chirac, Ask the Ages, one of the great post-jazz records of all time. Check it out. Olivia Rodrigo Sour. (laughs) Uh, It's been real, Tim. All right. Be safe out there, Lickamark. Peace. Peace. Peace.